Welcome to the Summit Church Podcast. We're excited today. Uh, good morning, everybody. I'm excited to get into the Word today. We're continuing the series, Follow the Leader, uh, the teachings of Jesus. And so Pastor David is feeling a little under the weather today, so I get to jump in. And so some of this message is really Pastor David's message. He wrote a lot of it. So if it's awesome, uh, probably the awesome parts are probably what I added to it. If it's bad, it's all him. Let him know. Um, but uh, no, man, so I get to, to jump in on this. So we're going to, amen to that. So we're going to read in the Word this morning. And we like to stand our, anyway for reading the Word. So we're already standing. Thank you, Taylor. And uh, so we're going to read Matthew chapter 5. And I'm going to read out the Amplified. And there's quite a bit, so you don't have to read along with me. But uh, we're going to start with uh, verse 6. We're in this series on the teachings of Jesus and, and following that. We've been going through the Beatitudes. And so Jesus, if, just, if you remember, he, he called the disciples together up on the mountainside. and He began to teach them. and He began to share with them. And, and so we're going to continue that. We're going to start with uh, verse 6 in chapter 5. And I want to read these out of the Amplified. And we're going to go through verses 12. And so it says, Blessed, joyful, nourished by God's goodness are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, those who actively seek right standing with God, for they will be completely satisfied. Blessed, content, sheltered by God's promises are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed, anticipating God's presence, spiritually mature, are the pure in heart, those with integrity, moral courage, and godly character, for they will see God. Blessed, spiritually calm with life, joy, and God's favor are the makers and maintainers of peace, for they will express His character and be called the sons of God. Blessed, comforted by inner peace and God's love are those who are persecuted for doing that which is morally right, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven both now and forever. Blessed, morally courageous, and spiritually alive with life, joy, and God's goodness are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil things against you because of your association with me. And then he says, be glad and exceedingly joyful for your reward in heaven is great, absolutely inexhaustible. For in this same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Amen. I think there's a common theme there. Blessed. Blessed. And I hope that makes you smile. Because today, that's the message, is smile. Gosh, I knew I should have smiled when I came in this morning. Well, that's all right. We don't think that much less of you. We, uh, we know that it could be a tough day. But we know that God wants to meet you right where you're at. Amen. So let's pray and jump into this. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. It is not returned void. It speaks life to us. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. So as we read through your word, it's, it's doing work. And I pray we'd be open to that. We'd listen and we'd, we'd obey to what you're speaking to our life. God, we're going to have fun in your presence today. I thank you that we're blessed and that you love us. And God, I pray... I just feel led to pray for those that their life is in turmoil. 
It seems like around every corner there's more heartache. I pray today they would know that you can bring peace. Nothing is impossible. No situation too great. That you can move in ways that we didn't even think possible. You can show up in an instant. And God, you can turn our our, our mourning to joy, God. You can move in a miraculous way. That God, even though maybe it's been a life of turmoil, you can change it. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, you can have a seat this morning. Man, what a good morning. Good job, worship team. Man, that was awesome. You guys have been doing such a good job. Cheston, thank you for playing. I love that, the, the flow. Man, I'm just in a, I'm in a good mood this morning. How about you? Amen. Amen. If you're not, that's okay. Sundays can, you know, Sundays, I've been in church a long time. I've been in church for, uh, gosh, see, when you can't think of how long it's been, it's been a long time. I think about 37 years, 37 years, something like that. I've been going to church, and I, I realize that though you're coming to God's house, all hell can break loose on Sunday morning, right? I mean, you can like, the kids, the, I don't know, something, God, my kid is acting crazy, or maybe they're acting like normal, <laughs> and you were hoping on Sunday they would act different. You get in a fight in the car, right? Like, I, I'm telling you, we had a big family, you know, six of us loading up, going to church, and I'm telling you, a fight would break out often. And then but you come right into church and try to put on your smile, right? You're like, it's okay, we're all right. I know, I know it can happen. That's not even my notes. That was for someone that had a fight with your spouse on the way. You can be okay. Okay. Um, well, I just want to tell you, I, you probably know this about me, so it's not really a secret, but I love to smile. I just, I love to smile. It's just... I, I, I can, I usually smile, like even if I'm like, it's an awkward situation, I smile. If I, if I need to confront you, I typically smile. Uh, you know, it, like if I'm happy, I smile. If I'm sad, I smile. I, you're like, you're a freak. I know, it's weird. Like, but uh, it's just how I am. Like very, very rarely do I not smile. It has to be something really extreme. And then it's more of a jaw clench, you know, guys, what I'm talking about, where you're trying to hold it in where you don't want to say the things that, or you, maybe you do want to say, but you really know that you shouldn't. But I, I love to smile, and I think it's, it's interesting because uh, I think I remember in school there was a, uh, one of our teachers had a thing on the wall that said that it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. Well, that's interesting. So I looked it up. I, you know, I'm like, I wanted to see. And I think they, they're saying now they've, they've, they've proven that that's incorrect. It actually takes more muscles to smile than it does to frown. So if you're a frowner, if you're just a natural frowner today, I'm just going to assume it's not because you're sad. I'm just going to assume it's because you're lazy. And you're like, it's a lot of work to smile, Pastor Scotty. But if you are smiling, I'm assuming you're looking for every opportunity to become healthier. And you're like, I figure if I smile, it takes more muscles. I don't have to go to the gym. Check that off my list. So, uh, so smile, come on, exercise, you know what I'm saying? Smile this morning with me and let's exercise. But I, I've noticed like, you know, there are people that smile for different reasons. 
there are people that smile for different reasons. Some people smile and they, they, they have that mischievous smile. You know that they're, they're not up to good. There's something going on. You're like, you're up to something. I know you're up to something and this isn't good. Or you have people that smile because they're being very sarcastic. You know, like you, yeah, they're like, yeah, whatever. Those are the people you want to punch. I mean, you want to pray for. You know what I'm saying, right? Like when you tell someone something, they give you that little smart Alex smile. Oh my gosh, let's be real. It challenges everything in you, right? And, um, and so, but, but then there are the people you see smile and you know they're smiling because they have something inside of them that is different. Like they are, there is, man, they have some joy. You can just see it. There, there's something about When you're around them, you're uplifted. When you're around them, you're like, man, I, I want what they have. I, this is, there's something different about this person. Let's be honest. We, we're around these people and we see it and like they smile. And you're like, man, there's something going on in, there, in them that's different than what I have or different than everybody else. And, and, and so they can smile through the best of times or the worst of times. You're like, there just seems to be an even kill, a peace that they're walking in. And, and, and I don't believe that's just something for a few. I believe that's something for all, that God wants to give that to us. That God wants to help us have joy and help us to have peace in the midst of every situation and every circumstance. Amen? He, he wants to do that. He wants to move in our life in such a manner that we can handle it and I love in, in Romans, the, uh, the Apostle Paul is sharing with us, Romans 15 through 13. This is such an awesome scripture as he shares with us about joy and peace in our life. And, he, and here's what he writes. He says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. I want to abound in hope. Amen. I want to abound in hope. I, I want to look on the bright side, but not just because I'm a, just a positive person, but because I know the God of hope. I know the God that is able. I know the God that can move in every situation. It's settled in my spirit. It's settled in my heart. I've encountered Jesus Christ. He's changed me. And so I know what he's done in me. The hope that he's imparted into me can spread onto others. I want to have that joy and that peace flowing out of my life. Amen? You're not bound to frown forever. That's hope for some of you. It kind of rhymes too, so it's easy to remember. You're not, hey buddy, hey buddy, you're not bound to frown. Turn that frown upside down. <laughs> Why do I just picture someone doing that at the church and getting punched in the face? Leave me alone. I want to frown. I like my misery. Uh, bah, humbug. But Jesus begins to share, and I love the, in these Beatitudes because he is sharing all these things. You know, Jesus, I picture Jesus just smiling. You know what, guys? You're going to be insulted and persecuted. You're blessed. You're blessed. You know what I mean? And you're like, this Jesus guy, he is, something is off. Well, he is supernatural. So he's sharing the Beatitudes, and I love how he shares these things, and he begins to look. And as we look through the Beatitudes, we see, we see the Jesus sharing that this blessed thing he's talking about is, is not just like, 
I think we often equate blessing to just a financial thing. And it's so, it's, oh my goodness, it's, it's so much deeper than that. It's a, it's, a, it's a spirit. It's a renewing of my heart, a renewing of my mind, an understanding of his word. I get to walk with him and live for him. And even the greatest blessing is going to be when I get to stand in his presence for a whole eternity. And, and that's, that's the joy and that's the peace. And that's what he's sharing with us as, he, as he's talking through these, through these, uh, through these beatitudes and, and, and reminding us of these things. And I just want to walk through these again and, that, we, that we read. And, and he, he said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And when we hunger for righteousness, we're saying, I want to be like you, Jesus. I want to be like you. The, our whole thing, our whole existence, our whole uh, being a disciple of Christ, a disciple of someone is you want to be like them. So if I hunger and thirst for righteousness, is none is righteous, no, not one. Jesus, God is righteous, right? So then I want to be like him. I want to know him. And, and so that's what, when we hunger and thirst for righteousness, that's what we're saying is I want to be filled with whoever you are and whatever you are. So I ask today, what are we hungry for? In life, what are we hungry for? You're like, well, Pastor Scotty, if you're talking physically right now, I could go for a steak and a baked potato. And no, I'm not. No, I'm talking spiritually, but I understand the food thing. I get it. I get it. We go, we go golf. Uh, you know, the, the, my golf game is a miracle <laughs> because they say practice makes perfect. I I practice and I'm still terrible. I don't understand, but I do know that I can eat when I go play golf. And one of the golf courses we go to, they have the best peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You thought I was going to say something else, but no, it's the peanut butter and jelly. They keep it in their little, in the little cooler. It's got lots of peanut butter on it, lots of jelly. I go on wheat so that it can be healthy. And, um, but it's like I go there and I'm thinking about a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I'm like, ooh, that, ooh that's gonna, at the turn, that's going to be so good. It's going to really help me play better. It doesn't, but I feel better. But it's like, it'd be weird for me to go there and not get the PB&J. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, it just, you probably have things you crave. What if we just, that, it, like, you are a Christian. You've said, I give my life to you, Jesus. It'd be weird if you didn't hunger and thirst for all that he has. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with me? Like, in a way, like, why not go for all that he has? I, we're reading this book on discipleship, and, and it's, it's, it's like we've made it a, uh, an option. I'm a Christian, but if I really want to be radical, I'm going to be a disciple. Well, no, if you're a Christian, you're called to be a disciple. It's really not an option. It's not one of the boxes you can check. Yeah, I think I'll take it to another level and go for discipleship. No, this is what we're supposed to be. I, and I'm preaching to myself, like, this is the life we're to live out. We are to be a follower of Christ. That's why the, 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 in the New Testament, what do we see it referred to as you're in the way? We're, I'm following the way. Because there's the way to go, and it's Jesus, and it's being a disciple and all in. So let's hunger and thirst for him. He, he says, blessed are the merciful. When you are merciful, you will be shown mercy. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. 
I'm going to tell you, I'm not always great about this. There are times where I'm like, people are like, yeah, man, I just really feel for them. And I'm like, they caused that to happen. They made their decisions. And I'm not saying we have to, that we have to um, just condone. Thank you. Good, that's the word I'm looking for. Condone people's actions or just go along with it. But we should have some, some mercy. We should have some mercy. And, and when we see the merciful type person that we are blessed to be, then we're compassionate towards people, even towards the guilty. And we forgive them. Because I hope that we remember that we too have been guilty. And we probably still are guilty often because none of us are perfect. And so how can we hold something against somebody else? Ephesians 4.32, it's one of my favorite scriptures. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other. How? Just as in Christ, God forgave you. And so we want to show mercy and we want to, to be caring and and, and show people that, man, you can, you can be forgiven. And when you do, I believe God's joy wells up inside of you. Because when you can walk in that, when you can walk in, in that mercy and even forgiveness, then the, you experience joy and peace. There's a release of like being bound to something. We're blessed in that way. And he says, blessed are the pure in heart. That's, the, that's what I was saying earlier. That kind of smile that it seems like it's pure, right? Like, hey, there's something real going on in there that's the, the, the pure in heart so there's no ulterior motive to everything we do and 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 we're just we're people who want to do God's will God's work treat people right we have good motives why because we want to be like our father God it says blessed are the pure in heart and what Jesus says here and he said and Jesus tells us that they will see God why would the pure in heart see God because they're looking for him. We need to look for God. We need to look for Jesus in everything we do every day. Jesus, what would you have me to do? You know, I was so inspired. We, we uh, just made a real quick trip to Oklahoma. And, and of course, yes, we did see Callaway, our, our grandson, which we do. He was sick, double ear infection. But, you know, we spanked him. He got better. Just kidding. That's not the answer for everything. Um, but uh, we, we got to still play with him. But uh, the trip was so fun. And we, there was a, uh, a couple that's really dear to our heart that years and years ago, I, I'm thinking, I think it was around 2005, we were, we were at a church and we were youth pastors. And this, I had been praying for a, a, a worship pastor for our youth. I mean, it's like, oh, come on, God, I would, you know, send somebody, Father. And I, and I was praying, and we were, I remember one Sunday, this couple shows up, and they sat on the very back row. They were young. They were like, I think, 19. And, and uh, this guy, he was like, he had, a, he had dyed his hair black, it was a faux hawk, stood up really high. He had, uh, he had, I think, seriously, I think he had on girl jeans because I don't think they made skinny jeans yet for guys. Um, and had a chain. And, uh, and then she looked pretty normal. And uh, good-looking couple. Not honestly, good-looking couple. And we got to talk to them. Well, they had, he had a band. And I was like, oh, you have a band, do you? And, uh, like, I mean, my, my, my antennas were up. I was like... Hmm. And so we, we become friends, and, 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 and he, they were 
they ended up being our uh, youth worship pastors. Then, they, then they, we hired them, and he was the, the worship pastor of the church for, for many years. And, uh, but he was so young, we would pray together in the auditorium. And we'd just go in there in the mornings and pray and seek God. And, <clears throat> and so he was like, he just talked about how that made a difference in his life. But we haven't got to really be around them in a while. And, and so I was just so excited because we had uh, breakfast together on, on Saturday. And uh, it's, it's, it's really amazing because I still think of them as so young, but they're not so young anymore. They have three kids, just a beautiful family. But they, they, they were telling us that, that uh, they were selling their house and they're actually moving to Europe and, and, and going to help plant a church there and minister to uh, the, in an area where there's only like 5% churched people. And I was like, Man, that's, I, I just see that for you guys. I say all that to say, they're so pure in heart. Like, I, 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 their motives were just like, God, I, wanna, I just want to do what you want me to do. Now, do we have to move across the world to do that? No. But are we willing to say, God, whatever? I just want what you want, God. I just want what you want. And when we do that and we're looking for God in everything, that's what we'll see is we'll see God. He said, blessed are the peacemakers. Come on, some of you know that you'd like to rile things up. You know that you're like, I struggle with the, the peacemaking. I'd rather, I like to kind of poke the bear, Pastor Scotty. And some of the spouses are saying amen. I tell Shelly, if you've read the five love languages, I tell her there's a sixth. It's the spirit of aggravation. And I don't care to receive it, but I sure like to give it. Amen. <laughs> And all the wives said, amen, that's my husband. And, uh, but Paul said, may the, may the God of hope fill us with jo all joy and peace. When you're filled with joy and peace of God, you know what? You want others to experience it. You want to bring peace. I often pray for when, when a, someone loses a loved one or there's a, something just disastrous that happens that the, the person that, that's going to the situation would literally carry God's peace into the middle of that. Did you know you can do that as a Christian? Right. You, can, you can change the climate of a room because you carry the peace of God. I believe that. And, and, and when you're around, that people want to be around that because our, our world is in turmoil. We're busy, we're running, we're, even if nothing happens, we're so busy, often we don't settle down and just enjoy the presence of the Lord. And we can walk in that peace and, and we want to bring people into a relationship with God so they can experience that peace. And then out of that, they can experience peace in these relationships. Because we don't really experience true peace in these outward relationships unless we first experience peace with God. And God will use us to be peacemakers. Amen? amen. And, and man, I want, I'm, that's a blessing, getting to see that happen. We get to be blessed to see reconciliation and restoration in people. God allows us to do that. Then he says, blessed are those who are persecuted and insulted. Now you, you might be sitting here thinking, man, you had me, Pastor Scott. I can hunger and thirst for God. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll turn on some worship music. I'll, I'll run after God. God, I want all that you want. Or maybe you're thinking, I, hey, I, I, you know, I can show some mercy. I'm a pretty merciful person. Or, 
You're like, I, I'm trying to be right, pure in heart, have right motives. These things I can do. Peacemaker, I, I'm getting there. But then you're like, but then you come and Jesus says, blessed, blessed because we're persecuted and blessed because we're insulted. I don't think any of us probably think that. That's not our first thing. Someone comes up to you and gives you an insult at Sunday morning. Hey, that outfit is hideous. You're not like, thank you. I'm blessed. I appreciate you. Even to another level, these people are, Jesus is talking about what's going to happen. He, we're going to face some persecution and we're going to face some insult. And, but can we see in the midst of it how we're blessed? How we get to not just be blessed ourselves, but how we get to be a blessing to others. See, we can do this because we're connected to the God of hope. Right? Jesus gave us hope. Jesus is the hope. He, he, he helps us live this out. And listen, we need it. We need to walk with him and talk with him. And when we do, we're going to be different. We're, we should look different. Maybe not the, how we dress all the time. Maybe not the physical. But there, there should be that joy that is, is contrary, right? That we should speak a truth that isn't objective, but is clearly outlined in the Word of God by the Holy Spirit. We should live counter to culture. We shouldn't adopt the philosophies that we see around us. It's not like, well, I don't know. No, we go by the Word of God. And when we do that, we're going to step on some toes. We're, when we walk in truth, I'm not trying just to aggravate somebody per se, but I am going to walk according to what God says. And when we do, it's counterculture because we're challenging sin. We're challenging wickedness. We're teaching the truth. Not even if you're not as a pastor or we're speaking the truth, I should say. It shouldn't even have to be just a teaching. The truth should just flow out of us because we're so connected to the word of God. Well, I've got news. When these things happen, you're going to face some persecution. Now, it comes in all forms in different ways. You know, man, I don't know if you pray for the, for the persecuted church around the world, but I would encourage you to, to try to remember to do that. There are places where when they say persecution, it literally means your life is on the line. And I'm thankful that we don't live there, but we face other persecution, not anything like that, but as far as using the terminology, meaning you may be talked about. You may be slandered. People may say things and make up things about you. Yeah, sometimes that's actually like, okay, I must be doing something right. I mean, Shelly and I know, we, we were just talking this weekend about things that people have said in the past about, I mean, Shelly is the sweetest person in the world. If, if, you, if you hear something about Shelly, I'm just going to give you free reign. Right then, you just call that liar out. You shut your mouth right now, liar. Her husband said she's the sweetest person in the world, and I believe him. But people still, you know, like if you stand up for things, it's, it's how it is. We had a friendship with somebody years and years ago we, with our children, and they've been, we've been friends for so long. And, but there was a, a difference that we felt was a biblical mandate, and we were just like, hey, we're, 
we're, we're right now, there's, we can't do this. We can't spend time like that together. And they didn't like it, and they, but we're, we're, we're still have a good relationship. But it just wasn't the most popular thing in the moment. You're going you're gonna to face some of those things, right? Right? Even if you remember the story, when Peter would, was, was beaten, he thanked God. He rejoiced for the opportunity to be persecuted. So, it's, so if the people are talking about you and they're spreading lies about you because you stood for something biblically true, it's okay. It's okay. I'm not saying you can't address it. I'm not, even, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying have peace and understand it happens. Understand that it happens. But Jesus wanted us to understand that we are blessed in all these scenarios and situations, and that shouldn't... That, that blessing goes into so many different levels. He's teaching his disciples the mindsets, the attitudes, and the lifestyles that we should have. He, he's, he's, he's reminding us and reminding his disciples of that. And here's the thing. The disciples, being called a disciple of Christ, didn't just stop when all the disciples died out. We carried on every day with the Great Commission. We are the disciples. So what he spoke to them is for us. Come on. I'm a disciple of Christ. I want to be known as a disciple of Christ. I want to be known as a follower of Christ. And so we need to understand that. There's going to be internal and external troubles. But man, the blessing far outweighs any trouble we could ever have. Amen. Let's thank God. Having these attitudes and functioning with these mindsets will not only change us, but it will change everybody around us. You will walk in joy and peace that is beyond circumstances. And it's, and it's possible with God. If anyone ever lived this out, it was the Apostle Paul. As Apostle Paul wasn't right there with Jesus, but we know he was later called. And he wrote most of the New Testament. He, he's uh, historically one of the most influential people in history. But he loved Jesus. And he was a disciple of Jesus. He wasn't perfect. But he still went after him. He, he followed in his ways. He was persecuted. But in the midst of it all, he had joy. He had peace. When he writes in Philippians, and he talks about being able to do all things through Christ who strengthens him, he's talking about, he's talking about in this scenario... I can do it in the, in the good, in the bad, whether I'm hungry or whether I'm fed, uh, whether I'm sick or whether I'm tired or I can, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And in Philippians, there's another section that, that I, I want to, I'm, I'm bringing this to a close. So I'm going to give you five points, but they're not going to be long. Don't panic. Don't panic. And I want to just pull out of this. Just in closing, in Philippians 3, 12 through 14, do you want to know how to live this out? Let's look at the Apostle Paul. How do we follow these teachings? How do we listen to Jesus and do exactly what he said? Here's what he said in Philippians 3, 12 through 14. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Guys, I, I want to live this out for Jesus. 
Paul's telling us right here how to do it. How do you do it? Number one, press on. Press on. Keep living for Jesus every single day. Wake up. I'm living for Jesus. Man, I, I failed royally yesterday. It's a new day. I'm going to get in his presence. I'm going to start out with the word of God. I'm going to start out in prayer. Jesus, I'm not quitting on you. This is, a, this is not a moment where I made a decision to follow you. This moment is a lifetime where I follow you. Amen. Press on. You can do it. You've been called to do it for your whole life. You have it in you because when you give your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes in you and will direct you. So press on. Number two, take hold. Jesus took hold of me. Jesus, Jesus changed me. The, the miracle of salvation where literally my spirit went from the old to the new. A rebirth happened in me because of the gift that Jesus gave me. And if he's going to take hold of me, you bet I'm going to take hold of him. Meaning everything about Jesus, I'm going for it. I, the message, I'm, I'm listening. I'm tuning in. I'm reading my word. I'm going to take hold of every opportunity. When Paul wrote that, that, that he was talking about, it was really strong, like what he was saying, because when it talked about hold, it was talking about apprehending something. But also it talked about pulling down something. So it's like almost like if you just grabbed something and pulled it down in a way, imagine a, a wide receiver reaching up and grabbing the football, since it's almost football season, and bringing it down. You're not taking this from me. That's what he's saying. He's saying, grab a hold and take hold. Man, he is our hope, right? Amen. Press on, take hold. Number three, forget the past. Forget the past. We should thank God for what he's done. We should remember his goodness. And, and the past may have been good, but you were never called to live there. Good or bad. Some of us can't get past all the bad things we did. Give it to Jesus. He forgives you. Go forward. Some of us can't get past because it was the glory days. Oh, it was good. It was awesome. The good old days. Well, you still have a work to do. We met this guy this morning. We have our little Sunday school group. That's what this guy calls it. It's funny. We're at Starbucks. Like a couple other guys that go to church and they, they come in there and we hey, good morning, good morning. We're at Starbucks, you know, and talking. He comes in this morning. He's, his dad comes with him. Now, this guy's already older than us, and his dad comes with him. His dad walks in. His dad is like, hey, guys, I'm 83 years old. He goes, I drove my motorcycle from Rogers, Arkansas. I still work full time. I'm, I'm you know, planted like 50-something churches. And I was like, oh, my goodness gracious. It was just so amazing. But he's now still moving on. He did an awesome work. But we have to forget the past. If you have breath in your lungs, God wants to use you. You're not done. Young man, young woman, old man, older woman. Come on, you can share Jesus and you can disciple someone. You can pour into someone. You say, they don't need to hear what I have. No, that's a lie. They need to hear your story and what God's done in your life. Number four, look to the future. We're straining towards what is ahead. There's still life to live. There's still people that are lost. There's still people that need mentors. There's still people that need you to speak into their life. Come on, you're like, I've not thought of it, Scotty. 
I just kind of thought we're going to live this out and kind of just, you know, coast to the end. Don't coast. Change, change what you do. But I told Shelly, don't, it's not retirement, it's transition. We're just transitioning to another season of life. God's not done with me yet. He's using me in a way that I didn't think possible. That is you. You're like, you don't know me, you don't know my age. No, that is you because God is not finished with you. And number five, I love this. I've never really noticed. Press on. He starts this section with it and he ends this section with it. Because he's saying, come on, you want to follow me? What does Jesus say? Take up your cross. It's not going to be easy. Nothing worth it is. And this is worth all of it. The little guy today, he was like, you got, he's like, surrender it all. He was telling us that this morning. He said, God, will, it'll be the best life, but surrender it. You got to surrender it all. You got to surrender it all. He said that like three or four times. Surrender it all. Press on. You know what? We're never finished. That's what's amazing about God. Because even when we step away from this earth, we step into his presence tangibly in the presence of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Come on. Keep pressing. Keep going into His presence and allowing Him to fill you with His joy and with His peace. Amen? Because you know what? That'll make you smile. That'll put a smile on your face. And you don't have to conjure it up. It'll come from the Spirit moving inside of you. Amen? Father, we thank You. Thank you for being a part of the Summit Church podcast today. We pray that God used today's podcast to draw you closer to Him. You can stay in the know at Summit by following us on social media. Thank you again for being a part. This is the Summit Church podcast.